0: Hey everyone, I'm Colleen, and we are so honored to have you back. Welcome to continue the conversation. This podcast is an awesome opportunity for us to track along with our Types and Shadows series at Healing Place Church as we continue to unpack and explore the teaching from Sunday. If you're hungry and you like more content like this, we'd love for you to check out Healing Place College evening courses. You can go to healingplacecollege.org. But we are going to get right into it. This is an awesome topic today. We're talking about Jesus lifted up, and so. We are so excited to have Pastor Johnny Green with us. Yes, you excited? i to be here. I am. This is I awesome. It. I love it. This is so fun for us. He is an associate pastor and serves on our leadership team. And welcome to the table, Pastor JT Terry. He pastors at our Dream Center and an evening course teacher as well. Welcome.
1: What's going on? It's your boy. It's a pleasure to be here. That's right. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here.
0: We it doesn't sound so as good awesome. when I say it's <laughs> your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, welcome. Man. This is going to be so fun. Um, Just for you who are watching or listening, we're going to be unpacking Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9, and then also looking at chap- uh, John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. So if you haven't got a chance to read through that text, we'd love to invite you to pause the podcast, take a minute, read that text so you can track along with us as we continue the conversation. So Numbers 21 and John 3. But we're going to kick off with prayer. You guys ready? Let's go. All right, let's do it. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for Jesus. God, thank you that as you are lifted up, you draw people. And today, as we unpack this conversation about the bronze snake, God, I pray that you would help us today just to see you in all of your word. God, to see you more clearly and to love you more deeply. We're so excited to see what you have to say in and through us today as we continue the conversation of who you are and how you speak through your word. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to get Amen. to it. Yes, go. It. All let's go. right. Let's do it. What is the biblical context of this story? We're reading in Numbers 21, verses 4 through 7, talking about the people in the wilderness. Yeah. Pastor Johnny, talk to us.
2: So, yeah, Numbers 21, and uh it's a story about a snake that's lifted up, and then Jesus references that in John 3, which we'll get to. And so this story is a like a is like a lot of the stories in Exodus and Numbers. People complaining against a God who has delivered them. And so uh, in this story, they're traveling in the wilderness. Now, here's where it's a little different than some of the other ones. We were just talking about this, and I'm going to let JT say a couple things about this in a second. But they actually, the Lord was bringing them out of Egypt. Into the promised land. So he told Moses, I'm going to bring them out of Egypt and into a good and spacious land, which is mm-hmm. the land of Canaan. So he uh, brings them out of Egypt, Red Sea Miracle. We talked about that in another podcast. They're traveling through the desert. They get to the promised land, and you can read it later, but they decide they're not ready for that, that God's not powerful enough to move them into the promised land, which was his original purpose. So in his anger, God tells them to turn around and go back into the desert. And so now you have a people that are traveling through the desert with absolutely no purpose. He says, I'm gonna wipe out this generation and I'm gonna bring in a generation that has faith in me. So when we hit this story with them complaining, in one sense, they were already in a bad mood uh, because they've been in the desert a long time. And now they're in the desert with no purpose. And, that, mm. and that's a, a tough place to be. We were yeah. talking about this a little bit before the mm-hmm. podcast, JT. Yeah. Speak that a little bit about kind of, you said there's two ways to get into the desert.
1: Absolutely. It's crazy. Uh, someone asked me this a couple of months ago. You know, when you're in the wilderness, you know, how do you respond? And I'm always a root guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you always got to get to the root of why are you in the wilderness?
0: Oh, that's good. Um,
1: and that's something that I always had to learn in myself personally. Yeah. Um But as I look through the Bible and unpack it, I see two Major ways that you can get into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. We see in the Old Testament with the children of Israel, we see that they got into the wilderness through disobedience. Oh, wow. Not taking the words of Christ or the words of God and mixing them with faith. Yeah. But then as we get to Matthew chapter four, Mm -hmm. the Bible says that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. So, two ways that we can get in one through disobedience and one through obedience. That's good. But the one thing that I learned is that God stills provide in both. Yeah. Because oh, wow. even in the wilderness, when they didn't have any more purpose left, he was waiting for a generation to die out. Yeah. He still provided manna. He still provided water for them. And the Bible even says in Deuteronomy 29, they was there 40 years, and they clothes and sandals didn't say even was wear I sandals yeah. did right? wear so they out. had yeah. to the drip, they had to the close too, <laughs> right? Yeah. So God still provided even in the wilderness for them. Now, were they operating in disobedience? Yes. But even the ones who were going to go into the promised land, God was using them in preparation on what they would see in the promised land. So the wilderness can be used for separation, right? Isolation so that God can speak to you. You know, Jesus fasted, heard from God, but then also it was preparation for his earthly ministry. So So just as we see in the Old Testament, they were separated, isolated, but then God was also preparing the generation for them to go into the promise—that's yeah.
0: good. What what hope that gives for somebody absolutely. watching or listening that yep. feels like they're in a wilderness, absolutely. without purpose, but, not know, sh- not sure why they got there or how they got there. Yep. But no matter what, God's going to provide for them Still and be problem. with yeah. them absolutely. right there in it. That's awesome, absolutely. and that's
2: good. And we, we're starting early, so we, we this podcast may last longer than we were <laughs> intended, but because uh, we ain't got very far into it. But yeah. it, it's you know your perspective on the wilderness. Absolutely, uh, the wilderness in in the Bible is a place of preparation. It, mm. is. it uh, is. You know, Jacob was in the wilderness. Yep. And preparing. David spent time in the, the wilderness. wilderness. Jesus was sled yep. into, the into the wilderness. And then also the number 40. Yep. And so Moses was wow. in, Moses was out of Egypt, wait, it's 40 years from when he went to Egypt to when God called him. Yep. 40 years. So preparing yep. him for that. That's wow. good. People of Israel, 40 years 40 in years. the desert. Absolutely. Jesus, 40 days in the desert. And so if you see the desert as preparation for your future, you can, you can survive it and you can actually thrive in the desert. But if you're like the children of Israel that now saw no purpose, in fact, their complaint was you brought their first complaint, had three complaints. The yeah. First one was this. You brought us into the desert to die. To die. And, and to think that when we are going through a desert season in our life and we feel like, Lord, you brought me here to die or you've just left me here to yeah. die. That's when complaining mm. always follows that. And, and skipping ahead and because you already know this, we talked about the end of the story, complaining leads to sin, sin leads to judgment. Uh, which is the opposite of, of what Jesus did. So, so that's what they do here too. They they complain and say, Lord, you brought us, they had three complaints. You brought us out here to die. Um, there's no food or water, which wasn't true. God had been feeding them the whole time. Yeah. You know, when we're not in a place of preparation, we also don't see any any provision for us. Oh, wow. Put that's that good. together. And make that rhyme for me, yep. JT. Yep. <laughs> when there's no preparation, we don't see provision. Really and yeah. so, uh, so they didn't see any provision from God, even though he'd been providing the whole, the, time. Whole time. the whole time. And then they they turn around and say, and this food is detestable. Yeah. So there's no food. You brought us your diet. There's no food. This food is detestable. It sounds like my kids yeah. when they're standing yeah. at the cupboard. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing to eat. We got this. Well, I don't like that. And so they're just complaining, complaining, complaining again, because no preparation, not in there for the right time. And so God punishes them mm-hmm. and God punishes them by sending snakes. And so the snakes bite them. And then, and this is a pattern in the Old Testament with the children of Israel, they complain, God punishes, then they repent and they Mm -hmm. go to Moses, you know, pray for God to to take this away. And so God does something interesting there. He tells Moses to make a snake. So they've been bitten by snakes Mm -hmm. to make a snake and to hold it up. Mm -hmm. And anyone that looks at the snake they will be healed. Will be healed. Mm. And that's exactly what happens. It and, uh, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about this before, JT. You know, um, God's grace, he told them when they wouldn't go in the promised land, he goes, okay, I'm going to bring you into the desert and I'm going to let another generation pass. Had he wanted to get rid of them, he could have right then. This yeah. would be the moment. Absolutely. This would let be the die. moment. Yeah. But it, it, it shows God's grace, doesn't it? Absolutely mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And, and, and as you were speaking about that, I was looking at
1: uh, – at verse uh, four in chapter 21, and it says, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about the soul for a lot here um, at Healing Place Church. Um, And when you think about the soul, their souls became discouraged. You know, in third John two, you know, it speaks upon the soul. You know, it talks about how, you know, beloved, I wish above all things that that you prosper, be in good health even as your soul prospers. And that word prosper is, you know, to be successful on a journey. And they were on a journey. Um, They were supposed to go to the promised land, but now they're on a journey Mm -hmm. of 40 years of wandering and their souls became discouraged. And as that verse tells us, you know, your journey will not prosper unless your soul is prospering. That's good. And so they were starting to get discouraged in their souls. So then they start to complain against the leader that God placed Mm -hmm. upon them. And then they start to speak against God as well. You know, when I was uh, studying it, um, it said they spoke against God and Moses. Moses, And even as we're talking about types and shadows or just like themes that happened in the Old Testament and new, when you go to Acts chapter six, it says the same thing about Stephen. That's the allegation that they said. They Mm -hmm. said he spoke against God and he spoke against Moses. But what I see here is that it was okay for them to speak against God and Moses in the Old Testament. But Stephen got stoned in the New Testament for speaking against God and Moses. So this pattern that we see in the Old Testament of them speaking against God and Moses, somehow they thought it was okay then. But then as we fast forward, it wasn't okay for Stephen to do it. And so when your soul is discouraged, that's where complaints come. And that's when we start to say, hey, God. You're bringing us out here to die. Yeah. And, you know, I think about all my life and you talked about your kids and I'll have any, but I was a kid before and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a father. And I was just thinking about how when I started to come into the kingdom and to have a relationship with God, because I didn't have that earthly father, mm-hmm. I started to have the perspective of God the same way. Oh, and yeah. I think when they kept saying, hey, God, you brought us out here to die. They started to think of God just as they thought of Pharaoh. And oh, so, good. And so wow. they, they they still had the Egypt mentality in them, hmm. even though they were free from Egypt. That's yeah, really man. good. That's,
2: that's awesome. Yeah, I've man. never I've never thought about that. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, man. Yeah, they complain and they blamed. And they blame. Yeah. They blame. Yep. They blame Moses, they blame God, blaming other people for yep. their, you know, for their situation. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of the story. And they do get healed. So it's a they in do. this story, there is a a. Good ending. It is. Ultimately, not for this crew, but at least in <laughs> chapter twenty-one.
0: Absolutely. So just to kind of recap, so snakes come out and bite them. Yes. So out of the wilderness, snakes come out and bite them. They repent.
2: They and repent. And they
0: say Moses. They cry out to Moses and Moses intercedes on their behalf. And then the they take a bronze snake. He makes a snake out of bronze. He
2: makes a snake out of bronze. And, and lifts holds it, it up. on a
0: pole. And anybody who looks at say that it. snake is healed. And then they're it. all healed.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. So now We're going to get to the types and shadows, right? Absolutely. Let's go. So what do we learn about God and ourselves from this passage? Like, how do we, how do we, I mean, have we kind of already done that? I think so. We we
2: talked about, I think we learn when there's no purpose, we tend to complain. And I think we, we see God's grace that God, God makes a way for salvation. God makes a way for forgiveness. God makes a way for healing. You know, you, you see this in the, in the old Testament, Adam and Eve sin, Mm -hmm. God, there's a curse for their sin. But then uh, he makes something to cover their sin, and it's a sacrifice. Here, God makes a way to cover their sin. Ultimately, like every story in the Bible, it's a story of God's grace, God's love. God's purpose for our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love how God holds both justice and mercy. He he's going to be just and he's going to be merciful. Absolutely, yes. That's who God is. Yeah. Go and ahead and so, tell them
2: you had that written in your Bible. I We're did. I sure did. Like, I, I like, have justice I and mercy have, written I here. I do. I
0: must have studied that. And they're like, that, yeah. that's how Jesus holds it in both hands. God holds it in both hands. Uh, but yeah, so let's let's move on then to yes, John 3. Should yeah. we go there? Because that yes. that is the shadow of Christ. So Jesus actually shares this story. In John chapter three, yeah. um, can maybe maybe uh, JT, can you just unpack kind of the context of the story? Who is he talking to? How how are we getting to this bronze snake in this conversation?
1: So you're in John chapter three, and and one of the things that I notice is that, and 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 Pastor Johnny, maybe you can help me out with this. Um, and maybe we don't know the answer to it, but you see Nicodemus, this religious leader, coming to Jesus. It says by night, mm-hmm. and we know that. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the Sanhedrin, they were, you know, opposed of Jesus' message, but then also how he operated, you know, in certain ways. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this as I see Nicodemus come to him by night. Was Nicodemus coming to Jesus on his own, but trying to hide from the religious teachers mm-hmm. so he's not found out? Or did the religious teachers send Nicodemus but send him by night so that the other people who are watching don't think that the Pharisees and Sadducees are with the message of Jesus. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. he came by night and he's seeing the message that Jesus is talking about, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. Mm -hmm. He saw Jesus live it out, but then he's also seeing it manifest in signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. So Nicodemus is, he's curious. He mm-hmm. said, "We know that you are a man sent by God, mm. because someone who are doing what you're doing and teaching with the authority that you teach with, can't be any person that's other than sent by God." Mm-hmm. And so he starts to talk to him, and Jesus is knowing what Nicodemus is getting at. Yeah, he says, "You're curious about the kingdom of God. You're curious about uh, the teachings. You're curious about the signs and wonders," and he tells him, "He said, you know, the only way that anyone can see." Or enter the kingdom of God is by being born again, yeah. mm-hmm. and this is so mind blowing to Nicodemus because he's never heard this before. Yeah. And Jesus tells him, he said, "The only way that you can enter the kingdom of God is being born again." And he's like, "Well, I'm a man. I'm, I'm you know, how can a man go back into his mother's womb mm-hmm. yeah. at this age?" I
0: love that because I can relate to. It. I take things very literally. Absolutely, <laughs> like, absolutely. I'm like, I don't. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's a funny. real literal.
1: And that's what and that's, that's what Nicodemus funny. is doing. He's like, man, you got to explain this even more. Yeah. yeah. And then Jesus kind of asks him, he's like, well, man, you're a religious teacher. You don't know this yet, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so Jesus gives him the analogy of the wind. But then one of the things that Jesus tells uh, Nicodemus is that, you know, there's two births, mm-hmm. right? One must be born of the water and the spirit. Mm-hmm. One must be. One must hear the gospel, hear the word of God, be cleansed and washed with the word, but then regenerated in the spirit. And that was totally different than what Nicodemus had been taught throughout Mm -hmm. the law. And Jesus told him, he said, Nicodemus, you know, we speak on what we know. He said, and we testify on what we've seen. Mm. So in other words, Jesus was telling Nicodemus. I was there in the beginning Mm -hmm. i know how this born again and entering the kingdom works yeah and then he ends up telling him he said no one can ascend to heaven except for the one who came down and i think that was jesus automatically just giving him the revelation like i am the one that descended down yeah Yeah. and then that's when he tells the story that goes back to numbers 21 where just as moses lifted up the serpent and the Mm -hmm. snake so will the son of man be lifted up yeah, as well.
2: I think that's good. And, you know, and I think one thing that prevents, because it is interesting, you have a religious teacher asking Jesus questions and he seems clueless. Oh. Now, first of all, it's interesting. Jesus doesn't really answer his questions. It He's answering it. questions. Jesus like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Know? Um, but I think part of it for Nicodemus was he had what they thought was needed for salvation absolutely he was he was jewish mm-hmm. he was a pharisee yep. you know he was part of the sanhedrin he was a religious leader mm-hmm. so he felt good and then all of a sudden jesus comes in with you must be born again yep. you must start over flesh gives birth to flesh yep. spirit gives birth to spirit yep. i don't care who you are yep. i don't care what you've done and I think for Nicodemus, that rocked his world. I think he thinks he's coming, you know, I, I am somebody and I'm. it's almost like a, you ought to be, you ought to feel valued that I'm even recognizing Absolutely. you to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think part of what knocked Nicodemus off is he's like, wait a minute, you tell me I got to start over? You telling me all these laws I've kept, all that on my status? None of that matters. Oh. I think that really rocked his world.
0: But yeah. I, I love, I mean, over and over you see that in scripture. Like yes. God uses the foolishness of man to confound the wise. You know, like, or Absolutely. like Paul saying, like, I I had all the criteria. I did all the right yep. things, but I'm not going to boast in any of that. Yeah, it's yeah. Jesus. Like, Absolutely. that's really cool to me. Is like, you think if you did all the right things, you'd have the right answer, but that's not how it works yeah. in the kingdom.
2: I think it's interesting. And I don't even have a whole lot of points for this, but just to bring us am talking about one of the most interesting verses in the Bible to me is when Jesus says, "I'm gonna read right here." He says, uh, "The wind blows wherever it pleases." Yeah. This is verse eight, because when he's talking about spirit, it must give birth to spirit. Right. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's come from or where it's going. Yeah. So it is with everyone born yeah. of the spirit. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like, what you, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? Like yeah. you're telling me that, but he's telling Nicodemus, you can't figure this thing we'll out. You got to submit to it. Um, and it's just, man, God's ways are higher than our ways. You know, that, yeah. that's a, an interesting verse to
1: me. one thing about the wind is, like you say, you cannot see it, but you can see the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing about giving our lives to Christ and being regenerated in our spirit. Yes, you may not see it physically with the eye, that process. But you will see the process through the sanctification of the life-changing um, aspect that Christ that's brings good. into someone's life. That's so, good. so you don't—you may not see the wind itself, but you can see the wind blowing a piece of paper yeah, across the, the way. Absolutely, that's
0: really cool. Yeah. There's so many spots to go through, and I feel like we get a little yeah. bit off. But this is like—I kind of want to keep unpacking all this. Yeah. But if we can just continue in this, because this is a great verse. So. John chapter three, verses 14, you know, 13, 14, 15. This is what we're talking about here. It comes right before, for God so loved the world. Talk about Jesus being lifted up. How was that? How is the, the bronze serpent and the people in the wilderness, how, how is he relating this? To Nic- Nicodemus would have known that story in Numbers?
2: Oh, yeah. Nicodemus definitely would have, would have known that. Every Jew would have, would have known that story. Um, it, it is interesting. So one thing when Jesus says, you know, like the bronze ser- you know, serpent would be lifted up, Jesus tells his disciples later on, he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Mm-hmm. And then John puts a little explanation there. He said this to talk about the way that he would die. So when Jesus is talking about this in chapter three, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about that he would literally not just we're going to lift up the name, which sometimes we say, and that's right. Mm-hmm. We're going to exalt the name of Jesus. That That's good to do. Yeah. But he's talking about that he will literally be lifted up. He doesn't mention the cross here. He doesn't mention his death, but he's saying when he compares it, Nicodemus understands this when the snake, the bronze serpent, was literally lifted up mm-hmm. that Jesus says here that when I am lifted up, that's where salvation comes from, so. just like that snake. So one thing he's saying to Nicodemus is salvation comes from the outside
0: yeah. mm. and
2: outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. I got to be careful with that. Yeah. Not yeah. that. It comes from out Nicodemus felt like and what, what every Jewish person then and honestly what all of us feel like. Yeah. I can handle this. I've got it inside of me. I can do the right things. I can whatever. And I can earn salvation. I can earn my way back to God. And what kind of the picture that Moses had is you have to look up at it. it. Mm -hmm. There's something outside of you that's Mm going to bring you healing, going to bring you salvation. Mm -hmm. There's something outside of us. Paul talks about a righteousness that comes on us, a righteousness outside of ourselves. And so I think the first thing this symbolizes Mm – is that if we look, we have to look up and we have to uh, to look outside of ourselves.
0: That's good. We can't yeah. do it on our own. You know?
2: Yeah, we can't do it on our own.
0: That's good. Because wow. it, it did seem funny that Jesus would compare himself to a snake, but he it did does. that to kind of show him being lifted up and show salvation.
2: Yeah. And I think two things there, you know, in, in two different ways. One is he just, he knew this story. He was using that story. Mm-hmm. Just like they had to look outside of themselves to the snake that was lifted up. You are going to have to look outside yourself to me, mm-hmm. but it is—it's one of the craziest verses in the Bible that, in a sense, Jesus is comparing himself to a snake. Which not only snakes are snakes, yeah. all right, um, but in the Bible, the snake is a symbol of Satan, yeah. symbol of the serpent that that tricked them. And so, you know, one of the things that happened when you—I you know, don't know if we said this and talking about Numbers twenty-one, but uh, God fashioned what brought them pain is what they had to look at to get salvation. A snake bit you, you have to look at a snake. And I don't think he did that anywhere else. He did that. And which is all, you know, total side note, God does it differently all the time. So we don't catch on to his patterns. You know, I think uh,
1: given what you're saying, you know, I had a point uh, that God was dealing with me when we was uh, learning about this. And it says the same thing that bit them was the same thing that Saved them. They there looked up to him, and even you know when it came to Christ saving us, you know Christ is named as the second Adam. Mm-hmm. So it's the first Adam, you
0: mm-hmm. know, as
1: Romans five twelve says, you know, through one man sin came upon this earth, and death came through sin. You know, First Corinthians fifteen talks about how through Adam all died, but in Christ all became alive. So just as the snake was the thing that bit them was the thing that they looked to. Okay, the first Adam, what was caused the curse, but the second Adam is what redeemed yeah. the curse. Yeah, and we did curse. a whole
0: episode Absolutely. on the second Adam. So yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, if you yeah. didn't listen to that. Yeah. yeah,
2: Jesus had to become that. And, and I think, so to read here, it, I've said this a couple of times, one of the most amazing verses yeah. in the whole Bible, Second Corinthians 5.21. I yeah. mean, just close your eyes and listen to this. Yeah. God made him who had no sin. That is Jesus Christ. Mm. He was perfect Perfect. in every single way to be sin Be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. And so you think, why would Jesus use a snake to illustrate him? Jesus became sin. He didn't just pay for our sin. He became our sin, and and this is probably a terrible I was thinking about this week knowing we're preparing for this podcast, but thinking about you know it'd be one thing, let's say a father had two sons and one son stole from him, and so he's going to punish him. It's one thing for one brother to say, "Look, I know my brother stole from you, Dad, but let me take his punishment, yeah, you end up actually I mean you suffer punishment, but you end up kind of looking better, yeah, the father knows you're suffering innocently. Mm-hmm. But what if he came to the father and said, I stole from you? Wow. And now not only is he suffering the punishment, the father is looking at him as he becomes the thief. That's really what wow. Jesus did for us. Yeah. Jesus didn't go to the father. And, and it's, of course, God knows everything. But when you talk about the snake and in this verse, what Paul writes in, in Corinthians, and Corinthians, he didn't just in a sense say, Father, I will pay I'll for those it. who stole from yeah. you. He said, Lord... I've sinned. I've broken your law. And so much so that on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and I would say this, it, I've thought about this so powerful because I think there's only two places in the gospels, and I can't remember the references on either of them, but where we actually have the words Jesus said, Jesus spoke Aramaic, the gospels are in Greek. So we're going to read them like anything we would say, any word it's it's in Greek. But there's one where he heals a, a little girl and he says, I'm not going to pronounce it right. I think, think Talitha Kum. Mm-hmm. And those are the words he said. But then to have him quoting Psalm 22, yeah. we literally have the word, the syllables of Jesus. That's just so powerful. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And I'm yeah. sure I pronounced it wrong. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That Jesus took, took our sin on sins. him. So then there was this trade so we could become yeah, the righteousness, righteousness of Christ. Wow. And the other side of that is, you know, uh, is that when Jesus becomes our sin, we actually trade, we trade places. Wow! Jesus becomes the sinner, yeah. and we become the, perfect, the one. perfect one. We become not just a good person who's forgiven, right standing. God looks at us, and in a sense, God looked at us and Jesus and said, looked at Jesus and said, you are a sinner. You deserve to die on the cross. And he looks at us, he looks at me and says, Johnny Green, he he looks at me today and says, Johnny Green, you've never done a thing wrong. Now he knows, but when he looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. And that's why when he says the snake was lifted up, Mm -hmm. Jesus actually became sin so that we could become, we're not just forgiven, we become who he is. is. And we walk in his, now we have the future of Jesus Christ. It's not, he took on our past, so we can take on his future. Absolutely. It's not just a moment, and so I think that's that is one of the the most amazing. Well, parts. Colleen,
1: one of the things that you you mentioned is, you know, it it seems kind of you know crazy for Jesus to you know compare himself to you know a snake, a serpent, um, especially when we know the history of Jesus and God and serpents, and it even brings me back to to Genesis three, based on what you talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the the unrighteousness started with a serpent, you know, with Adam, mm-hmm. you know, and a curse, right? Yeah, Genesis curse. 3, 15 and 16, there was a curse that came upon the serpent, the woman, and also Adam as well. But then you see in Numbers 21, where God uses that same serpent, a symbol, to be a symbol of, salvation
2: oh, yeah. for good. them
1: in the wilderness. And then you see Jesus using it in John three. And even you talk about second Corinthians five 21. Another one, I believe is a great one that you can put next to it. Galatians three thirteen. Mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the law, the, uh, the law says that cursed is any man that hangs from a tree. a tree. Yeah. And so when you bring that back together and Galatians three 13 says that what Christ redeemed us, from the curse of the law, why? Because he became a curse himself so that what? The Gentiles can receive the blessings of Abraham through Christ Jesus. And then to wrap it all together, Mm -hmm. Jesus was the spoken seed that was crushing the head and the authority of the serpent. serpent serpent. That's good. So, man, if you wrap it all together and just God and his wisdom, how he just used Christ and a serpent from the beginning all the way to the end. And how, like you said, Christ just became that curse so that you and I and every person that is listening and watching can become that righteousness, can receive the blessings of Abraham through Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus, man, it's it's just amazing. It is. I know. I was starting to tear up there. I don't know. Like,
0: I mean, I don't know what you guys have done, but I know my journey Mm -hmm. and to think that God sees me as through the righteousness of Christ that, I mean, that's,
2: that's awesome. I I don't
0: know if people are listening and watching. I mean, they're, i don't know it's just that's a crazy thought you you know what i think just became the curse
1: Colleen, i think one of the you know i can speak for myself personally but a lot of you know we in ministry and we we deal and talk with a lot of people and one of the things that i i believe that as christians one of the toughest things for us to do is to see ourselves as god sees us
2: that's
0: good
1: um and i know a lot of times you know we we want to be Uh, humble and but the thing that we think about humility is we think it's speaking less of ourselves Mm -hmm. but i believe that true humility is seeing what god says about you and fully embracing it with the right heart Mm -hmm. um and with the right motives and fully walking in that and um that meekness you know we've been talking about meekness a lot and that's understanding who you are understanding you have that that power that authority that god has given you but you're walking it out Gentle as a dove. Yeah,
2: you know? yeah that's good. That's yeah, You know, I was thinking about this in what Jesus did on the cross. And, and this with taking the stories that we were looking at. Yeah, He he took two things off of us. He took our sin. There's, I've sinned. So there should be a punishment and a guilt on me and really a, a shame. He took all that off when he became sin for us. Mm-hmm. But there's also a curse on me. That's just in the world. Mm-hmm. Life's hard. Yeah, Things break down. There's, a, there's just natural opposition. But when he became, like you said, the serpent that that brought the curse, he took the curse off me too. So now I'm walking in forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but I'm also walking in favor. I live a life of favor, not because of who I am. And that doesn't mean no problems, but I'm not under the curse anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm under the favor of God in everything that I do. And the the freedom. Like I don't have to be
0: afraid that there's going to be another punishment cut like it's yeah, finished it's it finished. is done i yeah. think that's so beautiful because there's freedom in that I think it is mm-hmm. it's just joyful so wow. oh i mean i keep talking about this guy i want to <laughs> ask about nicodemus and then him being we got A the Q&A session i yeah. know we got more we got more <laughs> yeah. so I, I guess we'll just kind of close out from here yeah, any last absolutely. thoughts any other no, things you guys pretty. feel good about it
1: i think one of the one of the things as we wrap it up from the beginning to the end you know um i think one of the issues that the israelites first had was that they were out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. That's good. And and I, I feel like, you know, we have the saying back in the day, you know, you can take a person out the hood, but you can't <laughs> take the hood out of them, right? <laughs> but Christ can. Yeah, That's right. Um, That's good. And, and so, if, and a lot of times we get comfortable in our oppression, mm. right? Because they had been in Egypt so long. Um, and God had physically removed them. out. I tell our kids all the time, nothing changes until the mind and the soul changes. That's good. So they were physically out of Egypt, but they still had Egypt flowing in their souls yeah. and they weren't allowing God. They weren't trusting in him enough to unpack and get Egypt out of them. Yeah. And that's why they had to wander in the wilderness. So I really feel on my spirit. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same. That yeah. I want to pray for some people who. Who, who got comfortable in an oppressive state or or just some things that they've dealt with in the past. Yeah. And, you know, they've moved on in years or in age, but those things are still festering in their soul yeah. and it's stopping them from getting to the promised land and looking to Christ in that promised That's land. That's good. Really and it's can. like yeah. the, the justification
0: and sanctification. Absolutely. They've yeah. been justified. Been justified, yeah. get sanctified. But the sanctification. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, will you pray and then we'll close out? I
1: will, absolutely. Thank Father, you, we thank you for this day. Yes, Lord. I thank you for the seeds uh, that were sown inside of the souls. And we thank you that they will harvest more than they were planted. In this moment, Father, we thank you that your word says that it was for liberation that Christ came to set us free. So we thank you that each every and every person that is watching and listening souls will continue to prosper, that they will give you full access for you to unpack and to sanctify their minds, their emotions and their will. Father, we thank you that the spirit of God will renew and continue to regenerate by the washing of the word of God. We thank you that you will fill them up with the full knowledge of your will, that you give them spiritual wisdom and all understanding Mm -hmm. and the way that they live their lives from this moment forward will always honor and would always please you. And because their souls will no longer be discouraged, father, you will allow them to bear abundant fruit. Why? Because they are connected to the true vine of Jesus Christ. May we never lose sight of Jesus, the true savior for our salvation, our justification and our sanctification. We believe that all things are done in this moment in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Well, thank you for listening in and joining in our conversation. Please make sure to send in any questions you have. We're going to have a question and answer session at the end of this series. Please make take a moment to rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on or share this video on YouTube as a way to continue the conversation with your friends and small group and coworkers. If you enjoyed this kind of content, please check out HealingPlaceCollege.org. We'd love to join you at an evening course. And then we will just see you. Have a great day.